0: Is your break area always a mess? Whose responsibility is it to clean it? And what about coffee? Do you pay or does your boss? This week, we wanna talk about a multitude of messes that can occur in the common areas of veterinary practice and who should be on the hook for that special brand of coffee and tea that you like this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And if you have worked in an office, at any time in your life, you've probably run across a situation where somebody left stuff in the refrigerator and now it's spoiled, or maybe they didn't clean the table after they finished having a snack or a break. This week, we want to talk about all of the little problems that can arise when you share spaces and places and food and drink with your co-workers. But before we talk about all that sharing, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr.
1: Ernie Ward. I'm a registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser.
0: And Becky, you know, this is one of those issues that we've kind of mentioned briefly in a variety of different podcast settings over the past seven years. But the reality is when you work amongst other human beings, stuff like this, conflicts, tension, friction, it's going to (laughs) happen.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this. And I can only say it because he doesn't listen, but like, I live in the house with one other person <laughs> and there's conflict in the living spaces. Um, And so, yeah, when you just bring all these different people together and we have these common areas, we don't always have common approaches to dealing with them.
0: Yeah, that's right. And a lot of this viewfinders is really understanding and managing your team's expectations. Because a lot of the problems arise when you just somehow thought it was somebody else. His job to do that, or how dare you not? clean up after yourself. That's your job. Or, you know, of course we don't pay for coffee because that's our jobs responsibility. I mean, you know, it's really about managing expectations. And so I'll tell you, Viewfinders, you know, obviously, you know, as a practice and business owner for a large part of my life, you know, I've seen a wide variety of these problems. And Becky, I mean, I guess from the outset, you know, you are always fond of of trying to set up a system, a process, as you say, get ahead of the issue. I mean, this is one of those issues that I think sometimes falls through the cracks. And we only know that it's a problem when something blows up on us.
1: Yeah. And honestly, I've, I've never been in a situation where we created a system or a process, but it made me think of all the different ways it's been dealt with throughout different you know, jobs I've had or places I've worked. And it, very frequently, it's dealt with the same. And so therefore, the same problems seem to come up. And it's just an interesting uh, dynamic to me in the clinic of what sort of becomes these Expectations, but they're unspoken expectations, which always leads to trouble.
0: Yeah, and I'll start off, uh, Becky, with a real life scenario from one of our our clinics Uh, years ago. We, uh, when we started with, uh, and again, you know, this is growing pains and and growing issues. uh, But we started adding uh, an evening cleanup crew, so separate than our team. Right, we hired an outside group to come in, and they would do uh, cleanings, and and you know, so every night they would kind of tidy up the place, so that the next morning uh, we were ready to roll, and you know, our staff did wasn't burdened with that. And and one of the things that we noticed immediately during that transition, Becky, was suddenly people were piling up all of their dirty coffee mugs and plates and forks and spoons in the sink, leaving it for someone else. Well, now we were very quickly informed by the cleaning committee that they didn't do our dishes, you know, uh, and I'm not saying they should or shouldn't have, but, you know, suddenly now we realized, oh, wow, we've got to deal with this. And so we did have to implement a written policy You know, to say, hey, you got to clean up after yourselves. Have you encountered anything like that in in your work
1: oh absolutely and so it it always comes down to like this handful of people who i I think it comes down to personality types right because i think dishes are a real dividing line some people care less if the sink overflows and other people are like why are there dishes in the sink you know they drive them crazy so the people who can't stand dishes are the ones who always finally melt down and then they're yelling and mad and you know irritated about having to wash all the dishes because they can't stand it, right. you know. And everybody's just kind of like looking at them like, "Why are you going crazy?" And you know, it's kind of a gaslighting situation, right? So, I've worked in places that implemented um, dish days, you know. So, like certain days of the week, um, in small clinics where pretty much everybody's on, they assigned a person to do the dishes because, again, trying to get ahead of and avoid that problem. Um, I've seen it dealt with a couple ways, but again, it's kind of always a little bit of a problem.
0: Yeah, and we didn't know it was a problem, Becky, at that clinic until we was offloaded, so to speak, on another group, and we realized then that only a couple of people are actually the ones doing the dishes every day. And suddenly, now they go, "Oh, we got a cleaning crew, so we don't have to do this anymore." And wow, you know, they're piling up. And and again, you know, Viewfinders, I I was completely supportive of this cleaning uh, service because I wanted them to focus on the floors and the countertops you know, in the exam rooms and all that stuff. And I felt like, well, we can do our own dishes. But again, viewfinders, I'd love to hear if you've encountered a dirty dishes issue. Now, another issue, Becky, that we encountered in, in all of our clinics and, and in a wide variety of business settings is just the common areas, So the tables, the chairs, right? And, and one of the issues that we encountered was just simply people like leaving their purses or bags packs on the common table or in a chair. You know what I'm saying? And then people are like, you know, whose bag is this? And you know, and they're tossing stuff around and people are getting upset. Have you ever dealt with one of those areas where, hey, we've got a constrained space and suddenly people are piling up their stuff. They are not really respecting others others' use of this area.
1: Yeah, I think it's funny because when I think about this situation, I almost think the more space there is, the more space there is for problems. <laughs> right. So I've worked point. in, you know, I but like I've worked in clinics where I have like a whole apartment upstairs um, that can, will be used as like a break room or they have a huge break room dedicated, you know, a couple of chairs, but like some couches. And it's almost like the more comfortable the room gets, the more comfortable the people get in it. And what happens is you just transfer your living habits. You know, if at home, like I'm a tornado. My husband, prior probably to me being on wheels, I'm not so tornado now, but like <laughs> right. he could say he knew where I'd been throughout the house all day like because there's the drink i left there's the half a sandwich i never finished eating there's the paperwork i checked the mail and left it right here like i'm a tornado right um not is like that and so to some extent it becomes a matter of personality clashes and so because of that you know you do kind of have to create this common ground and have some rules but and not have it off have have some way of mutual respect of all of those things so like like I know that you, you get in front of that with lockers, right? So people put yeah. their stuff up, and you kind of make a rule: hey, just so stuff doesn't get stolen, because because that's the other thing is like very rarely do you want to turn around to your coworkers and say you guys live like slobs, you know? <laughs> like why does it like this? Um, and then it becomes kind of a matter of like, is it me or is it them?
0: Right. Right. And, and we did. We wound up resorting to buying lockers and implementing all that kind of stuff for sure. Uh, and I think that's a, a good one. Becky, another area I think that uh, uh, battles are, are drawn over and fought over uh, is refrigerator and freezer space in some instances, right? I mean, we really struggled with this one. So maybe just kick it off with, have you got any uh, you know, refrigerator stories you'd like to share? <laughs> the,
1: no, no, because all of them turn my stomach. Because this, I think the refrigerator is the place where... We see, I don't know. I guess I, I have always seen the most frustration yeah, yeah. because it is, again, it comes down to one person who's super grossed out because something in there smells really terrible. And, you know, people are not on top of getting rid of their old lunches or the things they didn't eat or that party you guys had. And I think that, you know, that is kind of one of the problems with community food in general. When our clients bring it, when we, you know, buy birthday cakes or group lunch pizzas, is it kind of becomes the, like then who's cleaning up that community right. thing? So then you have this like pizza box in the fridge for three weeks because of the last staff meeting. And it's nobody's real responsibility, but there's like one sad triangle of curled up pizza that no one's going to eat, but also no one's going to throw out.
0: And again, you know, Becky, this is one of those areas that Laura in particular drew the line hard on, and and she would literally you know like uh, every Friday just toss it out if it was in there on Friday. And it had been in there, it, it was gone. And, you know, and I'll tell you the first couple of times, I'm sure she miffed a few people, but you know, you have to learn that there are boundaries. These are expectations. And sorry if it was your favorite Tupperware, but it got tossed if you left it in there. Because you know, you can't just let it there is a public safety hazard as well. I mean, you know, we don't want molds and fungi growing all over our refrigerator, shared spaces. But you know, I do think, again, managing expectations, setting expectations, this is really imperative, especially when it comes to. Shared space like a refrigerator. Now the other thing, viewfinders, and I know we did a whole podcast, Becky, back in the uh, COVID days, where we talked about, like you just said, about the pizza box and people bringing in food and the risk there, the cross contamination, all that stuff. But don't don't forget, you can't put your food where you're keeping your vaccines and drugs, right? I mean, so if you're out there doing that, just stop, okay? Because it really poses a lot of health hazards. If you're inspected, you could really be a foul of several regulations in your state. Uh, So just be aware or look. Uh, depending on where you are. But, you know, Becky, again, the refrigeration, wow, and food, this is, it's a risk, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. But again, it's like we're so small. In most cases, it's like, well, we're small and it's always a handful of people. And, you know, it always feels manageable until it's not. And then again, I think these are the things when we talk about culture and these underlying currents that cause frustration or rifts in the teams, it becomes these things, because then you have this one person who's like, I'm the one that always gets stuck doing that. Right, right. I always end up doing that. They always leave their lunch. They always leave a mess. It becomes very much a grounds for bubbling up drama between your team members that really doesn't need to be there. And it, it, it is the fact that we spend more time with the people we work with than the people we choose to live with. And we don't choose to live with these people, but... In common spaces, you start having, quote-unquote, living-like behaviors. And so that's where they're going to come out. And so maybe somebody's like, oh, I just put my coffee mug there at night. I wash it in the morning when I come in before I use it. And that's what works for them. But at the end of the day, the dishes need to be done, right? So those are the kind of things I think can really blow up. And we talk about these things that we say, like, this feels kind of silly but it also becomes sources of drama. It also becomes one of those tiny little pebbles that probably didn't have to be there.
0: Right, and it's the burr under the saddle. I mean, guys, we have to saddle up every day. We deal with a very, you know, let's let's face it, high stress, high tension workplace. I mean, that's just the nature of our jobs, our profession. And, and then suddenly you put the little tiniest little burr underneath the saddle and that's what really sets the horse uh, off and, and you you're thrown. And and I'm with you, Becky. We you know, we used to always take this attitude of there are so many big things that we can't predict and avoid that really can, you know, cause a lot of tension and friction in the team. Why don't we get the small things right? You know, so that's, that, this is one of those small things that I, like you, like you said, Becky, it seems silly. Oh, why are they talking about refrigerator? I mean, everybody has a messy break area. Well, guess what? That messy break area is probably additive and contributing to an overall sense of, of tension in your, in your workplace. I mean, you may not think it uh, on the outset, Becky, but I'm telling you those little pebbles, as you mentioned, they add up and pretty soon you got a jar full.
1: Yeah. And I think if you said to a practice owner or any team member, you're going to so say, just, you know, go with me, you're going clinic tour, for example. The thing people will say is, here's our employee break room. So employees can come in here, kind of relax, blow off steam, have a little something to eat. So, like, we mentally believe this space to be relaxing, a place to detach from work, a place to feel better, good, rejuvenate. So we know that mentally, and then it becomes a source of frustration, irritation, it's gross, I won't go in there. Um, It becomes a junk room, whatever it is. So I think that from a management standpoint or from an operations standpoint, go into your shared areas, go into those spaces and say, is this a relaxing place that I would want to shut the door and spend the hour that I have? Or you know, do you have employees sitting out in the parking lot eating burgers and french fries? Because there really is nowhere for them to do that that actually is a relaxing place. Now, if they are taking that time to themselves, I mean, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying there's this loss between what we want that space to be and what it actually is. And a lot of times these are the reasons why, because it's gross, because no one cleans up after themselves, you know, because it gets filled with junk. And whose actual responsibility is it to to see to that? So like you said, Laura went in and and threw out everything on fridays she was the the, she was the designated individual so it was taken care of um if she wasn't the manager and it was designated to her but like maybe a manager would say i'm a manager why am i cleaning out a refrigerator right you know um is it a matter of everyone should be policing themselves so i i think the viewpoint is different i think it, it because laura handled it every friday it wasn't an issue
0: Right, right. And that's just setting boundaries and expectations. and I love that. And and again, you know, if you find there's, I, there's no right or wrong way to do this, it's only yours. And are you making it better for your employees? And Becky, I love what you said too. It's, you're right, because we, we consider this a quote unquote break area. But many times for certain individuals, like you may not see clutter or mess or nastiness, but somebody else does. And it's now not a welcoming, relaxing space, right? Because they go back there and they just say, oh my gosh, this is really a mess and that adds to their own personal you know frustration right and and so i think it's really important for you to look with a different perspective on these shared common spaces because even though it might be acceptable and just fine for you and you're like hey man as long as we clean the dishes once a week i'm fine it may not be that way for everybody else on your team. You know what I'm saying, Becky? It's really about understanding what your team's expectations are and how to optimize it, that space or those areas for everyone or as many people as possible.
1: Yeah. And I think, again, you know, it's one of those things let's talk about. Let's not pretend it's not happening. Let's have conversations. Let's check back in if we need to assign roles, how it needs to get handled. You know, you just work it out as a team. But then there's other things that don't work out you know. the same and become expectations um, and become, our, is it a matter of, is it a perk? And we talked about this earlier, yes. things like coffee, drink, sodas. Um, and I think this is an interesting angle of kind of where expectations lie and another area of resentment can pop up.
0: Yeah, and and we fought with this uh, multiple times in different settings, Becky. And that is, you know, like uh, people would complain about the the coffee or tea that we offered, or why do you give water and not soda, right? I mean, you know, wh- why don't we have a candy jar? Why do we only have fruit, right? And and so I think again, managing expectations, and some of these are perks of the job. And so I think that based on your culture, like for us, you know, we were, you know, we we had a reverse osmosis machine back, you know, in the in the late nineties because you know we were concerned about water and I drink a lot of water and part of that culture is going to transcend to my team. And so, you know, we were much more likely to have apples and clementines, oranges, you know, bananas laying around as opposed to a jar of M&Ms or whatever. So, you know what I'm saying? Like you need to, to set expectations on what you think you can provide and what you should provide. And again, this is one of those times to have a conversation with your team. Like what are the things that would make working here a little more enjoyable, right? Can we supply you with water or soda or tea or coffee or whatever. And then within that, you know, what can you afford? I, th- I think these are just conversations that too often don't happen. The management management just says, okay, here's the coffee and they go to get the cheapest coffee and nobody drinks it and they always complain about it. And again, it's probably not serving the purpose that they think. Is, is that making some sense to you?
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's interesting to me because I've, I think about the different dynamics and it's almost every general practice I've ever worked in provided coffee and creamer, but it became, you know, there were kind of underlying issues, like when they were out of the particular creamer one person or another wanted and the right. amount of creamer people would be going through and, and always a right. coffee argument, right? Like, why did we get this? Well, that's because what Costco had.
0: Right.
1: Um, <laughs> And, but then I think about other, like, for example, I've never worked in an emergency hospital that had a break, like a functioning break room that had, Coffee and snacks and things like that. It was kind of always been for yourself. <laughs> right. You know, hope people will bring you something or make that gas station run. Um, and so it, it is really interesting to me when I think about that expectation. I guess somewhere where you just start in the morning needs to have coffee to get everybody going. But then, like you said, there's the additional drinks and water and how much waste are we creating from that? And who is drinking too much? Who's not drinking enough? Should you have a little, you know, coffee collection right. cup and and have people throwing some change in it to chip in toward it? Um, and you know, I've never really sat down and thought, do I expect my employer to provide coffee or beverages throughout my shift or not? Never really thought about that. Um, I know that. Um, I have had some heard some conversation. I think your insight would be interesting to this is clinics that have vending machines, and employees who then start to feel a little resentful that they're yeah. paying their employer for these already overpriced drinks and snacks and beverages. so a two dollar you know twenty ounce soda or even bottle of water if you want one. So, I think it's an area that's really interesting. And and even for some employers who might be like just blindly providing coffee and creamer and snacks and not thinking about the cost or the, you know, if it's causing issues or not, or maybe it's just working great for them. Uh, Not trying to cause problems where there's not, but just a really interesting dynamic when we think about how it happens from clinic to clinic and how little attention we pay to what is the consequences or what benefit is this bringing.
0: Yeah. And I love that. that. That whole vending machine conversation started popping up in the late nineties. And a lot of practice owners were telling me, Oh, this has worked out great for us, you know, and actually get a little, little change on the side. And we, we donate that back to the staff or a shelter or whatever. And I, I'm with you, Becky, that just left a sour taste in my mouth. Uh, I, I don't, didn't like that. I I get the intent and the purpose. And they were like, Oh, well, we just, you know, we don't provide anything. You know, they can get whatever they want. Um, I, I didn't like that. And I do believe that, you know, part of creating some pleasure around a, a tense workplace is to give them some basics. So maybe that's coffee and water and tea and, you know, some some healthy snacks. I, I think that's just part of it. Now, I, again, viewfinders, I'm going to say this is a conversation to have with your team. Your team may not care a flip about this, right? Or they may care intensely about this and they have a specific brand and how they want it made and all that kind of stuff. So I think that, you know, you have to adapt to the folks around you. This is part of creating culture. And, and I think you, I, I do think, Becky, this is just part of a, I think it's a, a, I think it's reasonable to to say, you know what, we're going to provide you guys with some basic hydration and maybe even some snacks on a busy day. (laughs) Having said that, you know, you've got to also then start to look and see, wow, looks like this person never eats breakfast and they only come to the clinic and eat all of our food you know and I have had that happen before and and I you know on more than one occasion you know, we've had to sit down and say hey you know what's going on you know people are, are starting to talk about you know your stuff in your pockets full of uh, of bananas before you go home or whatever you know so
1: <laughs> oh, that's scary well I'd be worried about what they're I don't that yeah that one yeah. that's a whole nother podcast i guess <laughs> but yeah podcast. i think yeah you, you don't want people to take advantage and, and obviously just in general you want to be hiring people that are part of a team and that you know chip in but i don't know i just think in general this is one of those areas where we could be thinking about how we affect our team culture how we serve our teams how we're deta- detracting from our team spirit um, is there is there room in the break room for improvement
0: yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And and again, you know, if you find these things take a wide variety of, 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 of different directions. And so some folks are going to be, like we said, really passionate about their coffee or tea. Others are going to want certain snacks, right? Other people are going to be really adamant about a clean workspace or the dishes or refrigerator or whatever. But I think that you know, I don't know how many times we have to say this, but it's it's worth a conversation. And and Becky, like you said at the outset, you know, you've really never worked in a place where people were had a, had a policy or protocol or, or discussed it. And, you know, and I, I do think that for us, most folks just sort of were like, okay, whatever, you know, and didn't really give it a lot of thought, but we were giving them a platform, an opportunity to say, what kind of snacks, what kind of tea, this is what we can afford, you know, and we can't afford this other. I remember we had a, a coffee service, service at one time that would come in and make sure our, for our lobbies would, you know, they had all the the coffees and the, you know, all the filters and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not that kind of coffee guy. Uh, and, um, but they would, they would service this. And I remember, you know, it became an issue of budgeting, right? Because it was suddenly like, wow, you know, we're spending a lot of money um, on this stuff and what can we and can't we do? And, you know, are there limits to what we can afford? So, you know, I think it's, these are, reasonable expectations of the workforce, but they're also going to be boundaries that we can't just, we can't go out and buy you some French press fancy coffee or whatever, you know?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, again, you set the expectations. It makes me laugh because I worked for a veterinarian who loved those cappuccinos, like the gas station cappuccinos so much. He bought one of those machines and I think he's the only one that uses it, but there's a, whole, a full French vanilla like, cappuccino gas station machine in the back of the. So he again, he was like, "I like my quality of life, and this is what I'm doing." Right. But uh, it just made me laugh thinking about that. But that's you know that's exactly right. And if it's somewhere you can add to their you know spirit, great. If not, but again, too, what else can you do in that area to make it that way? To make it a place where people are able to go and relax and enjoy, and then hopefully inspire some of that respect for the space. And then at what point do you just say, okay, well, if you can't please anybody, then you're not going to please anybody. So you just stop trying. I just think it's really interesting. And I think it's an area where, again, you don't have to put a ton of time and energy, but just doing a once over and making sure you guys are handling it and you have a policy and it is working for everybody, um, or if there's a better way to do it or something that makes it more fair is is worth a look at and, and break rooms, but any common area, any common space that you're you're sharing because um, we know there's a lot of bigger and more creative facilities now that have you know educational rooms and uh, mother rooms and all kinds of spaces like that. And the more spaces you have that you look around and say, isn't this great for my employees? are more areas for there to be? um, issues between employees.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. This conversation also reminds me of something when, when I go visit gyms around, uh, you know, particularly in hotel gyms and, you know, it's like, there's always going to be that one person who doesn't unrack their weights off the bars. They leave their dumbbells all over the place, scattered around. They don't re-rack anything. They don't clean off the benches after they're done. You know, okay. and, and 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 so yeah. I know this is part of the human condition, but I'll be honest with you, Becky. I walk in some of those gyms and you're just like, holy smokes, you know, really. And, yeah. I, and I think that attitude can be the same thing that you're your, your your staff encounters, right? I mean, they're like, oh my gosh. And, and I will just leave you with one last thing, you know, Becky, and that is the fact that let's say you do have, like we always did, we had like a little break stations for the clients up front, right? You really also have got to make sure that if you offer that like coffee and tea and some snacks up front, we always had like nuts and things like that and granola bars and whatever for our clients, You've got to, A, make sure that that is always presentable, right? That is clean. It is well-stocked. It is, you know, very hygienic. But at the same time, you know, yeah. you may also have to say that is for clients, not for our staff. So you really do need to set full expectations, who is in charge of that for one, but also do you have access to it? Because you know, you may, and it may be fine, right? Like you said, you maybe have only four or five employees and no problem, go wherever you want, get whatever you want. But at the same time, if your staff is going up front and getting coffee, tea, snacks, and then it's empty or not clean after they're done, then again, you're going to impact client service and that's going to really, you know, affect your practice.
1: That's right, exactly. Because they say, I'm cleaning up every time the techs come up here and get themselves coffee or the doctors or whoever it is. And, like, in general, we know you should be cleaning up around the clinic. But, like, you know, I think about this spillover to desk spaces and workspaces and you know, anywhere throughout the clinic. Again, people who don't take their paper that they took a copy of off of the copy machine after they get their copy. You know, there's just so many little areas where we can kind of walk on each other throughout the day without meaning to. But I think the spaces that are meant to bring us relaxation, rejuvenation are important. And I think that's why we brought particular focus to them today.
0: Gosh, Viewfinders, I'd love to hear your experiences on this. I'd love to hear how you keep your break area clean and stocked and the refrigerator not flowing over with mold and fungi, all that kind of stuff. I'd love to hear how you solve some of these issues. And if you're struggling with these issues, maybe start a thread on Facebook and Instagram and people can share their solutions as well. Becky, where is our Instagram and Facebook and all that jazz?
1: Yeah, tell us your break room nightmare stories when break rooms <laughs> attack. <laughs> you can get us over at Facebook and Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. And you can send me an email at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com.
0: That's right, guys. Here is wishing you a very restorative, healthy, and clean break today. Guys, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I like that.